This morning is a special morning. I don't even know why yet. It really is, though. I, I feel the presence of God in a, just a special way. We had class this morning. It about broke out into revival. Uh, just, uh, man, men and women of God praying over here. For some reason, it was special, special thick over there. You're sitting in the hot zone, John. <laughs> I tell you, uh, I experienced some phenomenal stuff this weekend, and it's always phenomenal when it comes to men's group. I tell you, uh, or men's retreat, men's group, but men's retreat, we always have good meetings. You know, God has never failed us. He's faithful to show up, and he's faithful to move in our midst and, and lead us and teach us and guide us, and I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. I really am. I do want to thank the women in here, the wives, as, as Heath reminded me to do that. I do want to thank the women in here, the wives, for allowing their husbands to go and uh, to be gone for a number of days and not knowing what in the world they might be getting into. And, uh, and, and not just this weekend, but I, I know uh, we've been meeting in here for over a year now late on Wednesday nights and and some of those meetings go till literally three and four in the morning, just men of God just seeking the Lord. And sometimes it's in deep prayer. Sometimes it's in deep discussion. Sometimes it's, sometimes we uh, just laugh and fellowship together. And a lot of times we eat. Uh, the Waffle House is getting to know us well in Columbus. Uh, but God is faithful to move and show up. And I know a lot of those wives are like, what in the world is going on? But I'll tell you what's going on. There's an awakening going on. I'm not joking. I'm not trying to spiritualize things. I'm really not. I, I've been praying for this. And sometimes you can pray for something and you can have such little faith that when it shows up, you're like, what is this? You know what I mean? You, you ever done that before? And you don't even recognize the answer to prayer and the movement of God when it shows up in front of you and you start going, what is this and what do I do with it? And I had a really an aha moment this weekend as we were on this retreat and God has been putting some things together in my life and in the life of our church. And if you look around, I mean, this church is pretty full. That's uncommon in our day. You know, it's just uncommon. And, and I've been going, God, what, what are you doing? And, and it's not just that the numbers that it's full in here, but it's the people, the people that I see, that I see them. I see you, and, and, and it's not all of you, but a, a large number of you. You're not just butts in seats, but you are hungry for the Word of God. You're hungry for the movement of God. You're hungry for the presence of God, and you're willing to be used by God in order to see all of those things spread like wildfire and go to other places so that we can see this building of the kingdom of God. And I'm excited about that. Now, as a leader, I've got to ask myself, and I've got to pray and ask God, would you please help me to facilitate this growth and facilitate this movement and allow me to not hinder it, to not get in the way of what you're doing? And, and I'm not the only leader in here that I speak of, but we've got an elder team. We've got other leaders in the church leading different ministries, leading the way that, that aren't even leaders in ministries with a title, but that they're leading in the spiritual things of God. They're being used by God. And I'm looking 
looking at this going, Lord, have mercy. This is amazing. Where'd this come from? And God said, this is what I've been doing here. You, this is what you asked me for, and now it's here. Are you going to let it go by the wayside? And I'm telling you right now, I'm praying and asking God that he would show me how to utilize everything that he's been doing here and how to facilitate and how to put into action the things that he's been doing. Because I can tell you right now, we can spiritualize all day long. And a brother, uh, brother Burley said it well at the men's retreat. Pastor Burley said it well. He said, we can come in here, we can worship the Lord. And then we go right back out on Monday and we're the exact same people that we were, that we came in here before we ever started doing that nonsense. And I call it nonsense because if you're doing that, because even if it just makes you feel good, it's still nonsense. It's useless. It's vanity. And all it is is you making a display and a show for yourself. But we don't operate for ourselves and for our namesake. We operate for the namesake of God. And I love when people get excited. I love when they raise their hands in worship. Obviously, I love that. But what I want to see is the reality of the presence of God that works itself out in your life day to day, coming out in your worship and Instead of trying to manifest or manipulate somebody or something with your motions. And the reality of that and, and, and the result of, of true repentance and a true godly heart that is filled with the Holy Spirit, that is operating within that spirit and within that word throughout the week and being revealed through worship and through praise on Sunday mornings is that that looks a certain way and that moves a certain way and it has certain results. And the result of that is, is that we have men and women in our communities that are tactfully and intentionally spreading the gospel wherever they can. It does not matter. It's just silliness if you come in here and do all this on Sunday, but it has no results Tuesday or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I would venture to say that the scriptures are fairly clear is that it makes God sick. He says, I'm not, your, your, your new moon festivals and all of your sacrifices, they make me sick because the heart's not right. Now, this isn't a sermon where I'm going to beat you to death with that. I'm really not. Because this is an encouraging thing. It really is. Because I am encouraged because I'm finally starting to see that that's not the case with everybody. I really am. I've been in a lot of places, in a lot of churches, in this church at times, in my own life at times, where we talk a good game, we worship a good game, but our walking doesn't match our talking. And so out of this weekend, God showed me something very practical in the Word of God that I want to share with you that, want, that, that God is doing in our community and in our lives, practically speaking, where the Spirit of God is revealed in the day-to-day -day lives of men and women. And it has a spiritual slash eternal effect for everyone around us. We've been in Revelation, <clears throat> and so... I was, I was talking to my wife, I was talking to some of the guys, I said, I don't know what I'm supposed to do this weekend because I've been in a series on Revelation and I don't know if I'm supposed to preach the, the next text and, and just let it go from there or if I'm supposed to pick another text. I'm just asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Well, I do believe that this text of Scripture, I'm going to read it, I'm going to open it up, unpack it, and I'm going to show you how that text of Scripture is, is absolutely the most powerful thing in our life to show you exactly what I want to show you about community involvement, about the spreading of the gospel, about the building of the kingdom to everyone around us. And it, every bit of this is perfectly practical. And I want to start seeing even more movement. 
I want you to get to work with what you've been hearing and being taught here at the church. They don't call it training for no reason. Training uh, necessarily is, 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 is pointing to something that's going to be done out there with the training that you're receiving in here. Amen? Amen. Let's, read, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. I'm only going to read five verses, and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'll probably come back to these five verses next week and go a little bit deeper in them, but I got something that God's want me to show you today. Then I saw in the right, this is chapter 5, verse 1. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures, and we'll read six verses, and between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. Lord Jesus I may you bless the reading and the hearing of your word help us to rightly divide it and help it to be practically, practically written on our hearts that it would cause us to move in your statutes and ways and commandments and to do the will of God. We pray it in Christ's name Amen <clears throat> So here we are in Revelation chapter 5. We've seen the throne room of God in chapter 4. <clears throat> and we see this heavenly display <clears throat> where the glory of God is radiating out from the throne. From the presence, the manifest presence of God on the throne, radiating outwards, being magnified by everything that's around them, whether it be the emerald uh, the, 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 the rainbow, which had the appearance of an emerald, jasper, carnelian, all these things is radiating and magnifying the glory of God. And we said that that's what we are to be doing. We talked about the 24 elders around the throne, that they were inside that realm. And then the living creatures, the four living creatures were on the outside that we showed last week or the week before last, that it was representative of all the creation. And the elders were given thrones, so they had this type of dominion that they were to rule and to have authority over something, but Jesus Christ has the ultimate authority because we see the elders casting their thrones or their, their crowns at the feet of Jesus Christ. But we are called in the scriptures to be ambassadors for Christ. And so we have as believers, as it were, we have this type of dominion that have, we have been commissioned to be ambassadors for Christ, spokesmen for Christ. We carry the authority of Christ. We have been commissioned by God to go out into the world, to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples and baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have this commission so that we have dominion over the world in, in large respect, that we can proclaim the gospel and that we can help facilitate the, the beginning of the end or... The, the culmination or the final aspect of God's final rule and reign, the new heavens and the new earth. We are building the kingdom of God. Now, that sounds all fancy and, you know, out there and everything. Practically speaking, if you are born again by God, if you are born again by the power of the Holy Spirit through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
then you have been perfected in Christ. You have been given a righteousness that is not of your own. It's not nothing that you earned. It's nothing that you, you, you facilitated. But you have been given faith with birth in you, righteousness, a right standing before God on the merit of Jesus Christ who paid the penalty that we owed on the cross. He descended into the grave, but the grave couldn't hold him because he had no sin. He rose again by the power of the Holy Spirit. He ascended and sent that same Holy Spirit back to us to dwell inside of us and empower us to be conformed to the image of God, to the image of the Son, and that we would display His glory for all around us to see. So we really, in large part, we become a mini display of the throne room of God because we radiate out the glory of God that dwells in us. So where is the throne of God? Here is pictured in this heavenly realm. Where is the throne of God? Your heart is the throne of God. Your, you are the tabernacle in which God dwells with his people. This is, this is the scriptures unfolded. The whole Old Testament was showing us that God would tabernacle among his people. Well, he does so in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He dwelt in Jesus Christ as the God-man who was fully God and fully man. He sacrificed himself on the cross so that that same spirit could come and dwell inside of us. And now he makes us, he makes our soul, he makes our being the throne room, the, his throne throne where he has dominion over us. He is our Lord, okay? Now, with all of that being said, he has commissioned us now to go out in this intentional, in this missional way to bring others into the family of God, to, to recruit and bring others into this kingdom uh, that God has established through Jesus Christ. It's already been inaugurated. Now, the question is, how does that happen? How does it happen? How are we supposed to be used by God to transform our community? Many of us have a lot of different answers for this. I've had lots of different answers for this over the course of time. I've asked God, what's the best way to get out there? What's the best way to reach people? What's the best way to do this? And there's all types of, of, of things along the way that will help you in discerning. But what is the key factor in doing any transforming ministry or work of God? What is the key factor? Somebody tell it to me now. What is the key factor? Love coming out how? In the power of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ and the proclamation of the gospel. Good job, guys. Good job. <clears throat> now, you are, in, you are commissioned by God to be a transforming agent in this world. Now, this morning, I want to walk through these scriptures. I'm going to unpack it a little bit. Like I said, I'll probably come back next week to, to put a little bit more on it. I may not. We'll see what God wants me to do. But, but here we see this, this, this angel who, he says, Then I saw at the right hand of him who was seated on the throne, a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals. So we have this, this scroll that is, that is completely covered with, with this writing. It's, it's covered with this writing. It's covered with information. It's, co it's covered with revelation, but it's sealed with seven seals. And what's the number seven mean? Perfect or whole or fulfilled. So it's perfectly sealed. You cannot, nobody can get into this, this scroll. And, but we need to get into this scroll because we need this scroll for several different reasons. Now, there's all kind of different interpretations of what this scroll is. Somebody th some people think that it might be the book of life. Some people think that it might be this or that. We don't really even have to, to, to argue about that or to debate that. What we need to know is, is that whatever's in this scroll is what we need to know to know who can be one with God. 
whether that's the Lamb's Book of Life and you can see the scroll and see whose name's written on there and have, and have uh, assurance that way, or whether I think that this is, and this is my understanding of this, I believe that this scroll is written and, 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 it, is, and it is filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the revealing of the mysteries of all that which was told beforehand by God. I believe that this is the revealing of Jesus Christ and just how he fulfilled everything that was in the word of God. This is the gospel. The, we know that the gospel is the power of salvation. So we have this scroll here written within and on the back. So it's written inside and on the back of it, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Now I'll tell you why I think that this is this this scroll contains the mysteries of God unfolded in Jesus Christ. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the, this is the uh, mysteries of God that, that come to a head and come to fulfillment in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because number one is, is that there is no other way by which man can get into heaven, by which man can be saved, by which man can have a relationship with God, than that of Jesus Christ. And if we do not have the preached word of Jesus Christ in every one of us, Every single one of us are doomed to perish apart from God. There is nothing but condemnation apart from Jesus Christ. And so we have this mighty angel. I want you to catch this. We have this mighty angel who is, who is, who is on display by John in the book of Revelation as a very powerful angel of God. But he can't open the scroll either. You see, everyone is looking for the way in which we can, we can gain freedom, the way in which that we can gain salvation, the way in which we can gain peace, all these different things. And we look to all these things that, that have these huge promises, and, and they promise huge, powerful movements in our lives. But the angel couldn't open it. And then it says, and they looked through, throughout heaven and throughout earth, and no one was found that could open the scroll. You see, no one can open up to you what is the hope of God apart from the one who this text declares is the only one that can open it. You see, it doesn't matter what you turn to. It doesn't matter uh, who you turn to. If you're not turning to Jesus Christ, you're turning to the wrong one, and only, only is there condemnation in everyone else except for Jesus Christ. You see, this is the display of the gospel. This is the display of the word of God, wholly revealed in Jesus Christ, that is needed for the weeping to stop. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. Let me tell you something right now. The man of God will weep bitterly when there seems to be no hope of the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ penetrating their culture. You say, what does that even mean? Those were weird words. If you don't love those people out there, I would, I would definitely question whether or not you know Jesus Christ. Do you weep bitterly for those who seemingly may not understand or get the mysteries or have received the gospel of Jesus Christ? What is your push in life? What is your motivation? Do you even understand what their, what their predicament is? Do you get what's going to happen to them if they do not bow the knee to Jesus Christ willingly? Do we understand that? 
Do we understand? Now listen, let me talk practically for a second. God has shown me some things in these last few weeks that have blown my mind. We tend to want to think that here in the Bible Belt that everybody's a Christian because they say they're a Christian. And everybody does, right? The vast majority of everybody, oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <clears throat> I went to Landrum High School, told this story to a couple of you. I went to Landrum High School a few weeks ago teaching the Bible class there. And these are like the people that are in the Bible class, okay? And I'm, and I'm talking to them. And some of them are believers, you know. Praise the Lord for that. But I ask these guys, I, say, I ask these guys, I say, I say, how many Christians are at Landrum High School? You know what they said? None. This is the school that's three miles down the road. Now, are there really none there? I'm sure there are a few there. But for these kids, and there was like, I asked both classes. I guess overall there was probably 30 or, or 40. How many Christians are in Landrum High School? None that I know of. Does anybody know how many students are in Landrum High School? Anybody have an idea? 661. 661 kids that don't know Jesus. Maybe a few do. Some of you are in Landrum High School, so I really hope we've got a few. Let's say there was 100. That's 500 kids plus that don't know Jesus. You know what this means? It's a bad sign for them. But you know who it's even worse for? Us. And who it's even worse for than that? Their children. We look at this world and we're like, this world's going crazy. I'm going to come back to that in a second. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Now let me tell you something, guys. It's not as if the solution is not right in front of us. The solution to this is right. There is no reason. There is no reason, and I am right here with you. There is no reason that there should be over 500 kids in Landrum High School that do not unashamedly and proudly and excitingly carry the name of Jesus Christ so that everybody would know, I belong to the King of Kings. Why don't you? Why don't they? They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't. And you say, well, some of them are just shy. And, and, and some of them probably are, but they don't, don't tell anybody. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I will be ashamed of you when I come into my kingdom. And I'm telling you right now, we do all have different personalities. But I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, the one who has the Holy Spirit dwelling within him, he cannot hold it in. It's just like the prophet. He's like a fire in his bones. He's weary of holding it in. I'm telling you right now, he can't hold it in. We have got to, we've got to, we've got to do something. 
we got to do something. And a little bit of a drop in the bucket here or there is not going to work. We've got to do something. So God told me today, I am going to tell you about my plan. And I think it's his plan. Because I don't think that it could happen any other way. And if you don't get on board, then the blood's off my hands. I'm going. I don't care what I have to do. If I have to quit my job, God will take my job away. I don't care. There's over 500 kids. And that's just Landrum High School. That's not O.P. Earl. That's not Campbell Gramlin. That's not, that's not Chapman High School. That's not Bullet Springs High School. This is just little bitty Landrum. Who is supposed to be like at the, the buckle of the Bible belt? Landrum? We've got 15 churches in a one-mile radius. This shot, that, you laugh. You laugh. But you will pay for that. And I will too. Go ahead, laugh. But I'm telling you right now, there's 15 churches within a one or two mile radius. But there's the 90% of the kids don't know or at least won't proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. That ain't funny. I'm sorry, I ain't trying to be serious, but that ain't funny. That's, that's. You'll stand before God. Paul said, I have, not, I have not failed to declare to you the whole counsel of God, and therefore my, my, my hands are clean. Therefore, your blood is not on my hands. Have you declared the whole counsel of God to those? Who, you say, well, I'm not the pastor. Yes, you are, men of God. Men of God. Stand up, all the men of God in here. Stand on your feet if you're a man of God in here. It is your responsibility to proclaim the gospel in your house. The whole counsel of God. And some of you don't even know the whole counsel of God. And some of you won't read your Bibles because you say, well, I don't like reading. Well, I don't care what you like. You're called by God to get into your word, to understand the word, and to proclaim the word to your house, to your family, so that they might know the word and they might be able to stand up for God and, and to proclaim the gospel in the school. You've got no excuse. You've got no excuse. None. Stay standing. Stay standing. Because I am commissioning every one of you right now. You stop with the excuses. And if this, don't make you, if this makes you not come back from the, to this church, then that's okay. I don't care. Because you have got to be pushed. Because you, I, I'm going to tell you, because your blow will be on my hands. Because if you keep sitting in this church under my leadership, and you can continue to sit there and continue to tell me that I don't like reading the Bible, I don't like reading, and I'm okay with that, well, then a shame on me. Shame on me. You step up, be a man, do what God has called you to do, and lead your dadgum family. You've got to because this community depends on it. It depends on it. Now, you may be seated until you come up here with me. Who was found? No one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more because the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that, not, so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. You see, Jesus Christ is the only one with the authority to open the scrolls. But what I want to show you is exactly how we've been commissioned. I told you that we had dominion, right? Just like Jesus Christ has dominion, he's given us some dominion. Uh, Paul says that we've been, uh, we are ambassadors of Christ. So we come along in the world like Christ with the power and with authority and with dominion. When it, when with kingship, we're princes. And so we carry his authority. But how did his authority come through? He had a, a kingdom. He's got a kingdom. He is a king. But how does he display his power? 
How does he display his power? And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the others, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain. Jeremy, what would you say? What would you say? What is, the, what is it that goes out? Love. Love. Some of you men, you think, well, I got to be so hard and I got to be so tough. You do. You're called to be protectors. You're called to be providers. You're called to be the man. Yeah. I'm a lion. I'm a lion. But what you fail to realize, the power is in the blood of the lamb. You, be a, you, you go ahead, you go ahead on, you be the lion of your family without being the lamb that was slain. And you watch yourself walk around just like Satan, who prowls around like a roaring lion, but he has no bite. You wonder why, and, and man, this is a word I received this, this weekend. You want to know why your wife won't submit to you? Because you're a silly lion with no teeth. You walk around, you ever saw those lions on TV that do that? They're like, you saw them before? This is yes, this is no. I'm like, that is weird looking, right? You ever saw a roar? Like, you know, when it's, when it's like the Lion King, it's like, but in real life, the lion's like, I'm like, he's, he's got something. Get it out, son. Get it out. You know, that's what I'm waiting on. What kind of lion are you? You know, you want, you want to be a man. You want to be a man. You want to, you obey me, woman. But you're not willing to be the lamb. You see, Jesus Christ, was, he didn't even take authority. He didn't even take the authority that was promised to him until he had laid down his life like a lamb. And it was through the shedding of blood that God granted him the name above every name. Read the Bible. Not until we lay down our lives for our families. Hey, I'm speaking to me, boys. I'm speaking to me, boys, too. It won't be until we lay down our lives for the Lord Jesus Christ and to serve our families and to serve our community that we will see God grant us the dominion that he desires to place on us. Now, practically speaking, that's, that's as far as, I'm, I'll probably unpack a little bit more. I'll probably come back and I'll unpack a little bit more, because I need to show you some of where that came from the Old Testament. If you want to read ahead a little bit, Isaiah chapter 29. Um, yeah. So, we've been commissioned to to be ambassadors. We've been given dominion over the earth to subdue it, uh, to fill it. Uh, Jesus Christ, as the second Adam, uh, redeemed that purpose. Adam jacked it all up because he wouldn't answer Satan with the word of God. Jesus answered Satan with the word of God, fulfilled what Adam could not fulfill. And then commissioned us to do the same. And so we would go out into the world and that we would overcome the enemy by the word of God and the power of our testimony. That we would be a living testament and sacrifice to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, we would redeem the world. Now, I want to say this before I write anything on this board. 
Men, I had you stand up, and I just told you that you are the ambassadors of God and that you are kings of your own house under the, under the supreme authority of Jesus Christ. You're princes. I'll say princes. That you are the pastors of your home. And so I will say this. There's 500 kids at Landrum High School. There's kids at OP Earl. There's kids at Campobella Grambling. There's kids all over the place, New, new Prospect or wherever. And they need they need salvation. They need the word of God, which would bring about the salvation of the soul, which would build a kingdom. And that would be disciples, which are you, making disciples, which are them, that would make disciples, which are their friends and their children that they will have one day. Okay? Now, you can't do that until you're doing that with your children. This must start at your house. That's why I said that first. But some of you men, praise God, you have your families in order. You have trained up your children, and I believe wholeheartedly that when they're older, they won't depart from it. You have loved your wife, and your wife has seen your leadership, and she loves you, and you love her, and you work together as one flesh in the different ways that God has gifted you, and the different roles that God has called you into. And now a lot of you only lack the empowerment and the method and the, and the desire, or maybe even the commissioning, to get out into the community. And I'm going to say that a lot of you, a lot of you probably try to do this, but maybe it's a, a failure on the part of your church leaders in the past and your church leaders in this church to, to large part up until now. Because a lot of churches, they do a really good job at loving on the people or at training the people or at doing all of these things, encouraging, rebuking the people, but they do a really bad job as far as uh, facilitating the movement of the people. And God rebuked me this weekend, and, and he says, I want, I want you, Brandon, to realize what I have done in and through you and the leadership of this church and what I am doing in and through the well that is part of this community and has become a large part of this community. And I'm going to tell you this, is that the other churches are watching you in this community. They're watching you. They're watching us. And they're taking notes from you and from us. And what we do will in large part set a standard or an example of what others should be doing. Now, we take notes from other churches too. Don't, don't see me saying that we're the, we're the end of it all, you know, for churches. That we must learn from each other. We must grow. But we have to be tactful in our assault on the world. Are we doing that? Now, we're going to have a ministry fair today, and we're always trying to get you involved here at the church. We're going to have a ministry fair in here today, but that's not even what I'm talking about. You see, we do need workers here in the church. Our kids' ministry is, is really suffering because we can't get workers. Spout on Wednesday nights, we really questioned whether we was going to even have to, whether we was going to get to have it or not because we don't have the workers. I just, I put that out there to you. That's the ministries inside the church. That's not what I'm talking about, an assault on the, on the world. This is just stuff internal that we need to be training our children. This is the question, and I'm not trying to throw a guilt trip on you. If you don't want to be back there, I don't want you back there. But if we are not even willing to give an hour or two on Sunday mornings to help train our own children, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just blowing in the breeze if I'm asking you to go out there and save those children. That's just, uh, that's free, no extra charge, okay? Got a, got a ministry fair today. We'll see who steps up. Men of God, you better step up. Because we've got a lot of ladies back there, but I want to see you men back there too. I'm excited about watching how many men sign up today to do ministry here in the church. But that's not even what I'm talking about today, okay? I'm talking about the assault 
on the world. The assault starting here. And you say, well, we're always doing stuff in Landrum. Well, this is where we're based. And if we're closest as a church organization, as a church body, as a church organized right here, if we're closest to this realm right here and we can't even reach them, well, we really have no business going outside to other areas. It needs to be like this. I will say this, is that if you are based in Inman, if you are based in Boiling Springs, if you're based in, and you want to be the seed that goes into the ground there and reaps a harvest, then come see me. But you, get, you better be willing to sacrifice and organize and lead and all that type of stuff because we, that's what it's going to take to get there too. Now, you see, I'm talking an intentional, I am talking uh, a tact, a tactical, I am talking a planned out approach that we need to attack our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The scroll that couldn't be opened, but that was opened by the lamb, by the line of the tribe of Judah, who was the lamb that was slain, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ that goes into the world and pronounces the good news by which any of us can be saved. Now, I want to show you this. <clears throat> now, if you can't see God in this, I don't know if you can ever see God. Now, we need to get into the community. And I think keenly, keenly important, keenly important, is that better? I think that one of the focuses should be <laughs> children. Now, granted, this can't be the main focus because children don't leave their homes. So I think the main focus should be men, women, children. You're going to see what I'm talking about here in a second, though. Now, I think that we're doing a pretty good job hitting men. Those ladies out there, you can tell me, most every church I've ever seen or witnessed, they have a very strong women's ministry, very strong core of women in the church. Well, here it's kind of opposite. Not that we don't have a strong core of women, we do. But the men are like weird. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're weird. And, and I think that's good. I think it's a good thing. So I think God has blessed us in this realm. Not that we need to stop here. We don't. But I think that this is, as, as far as tactical and, and planned out, I think we're doing a pretty good job here. Here, we're trying. We're trying. We have a biblical one. Not, not that this is going to solve it. We have lots of women's groups. We have women's ministry going on. It's really good. From what I hear from the ladies, that they have decent fellowship, but the spiritual depth is not where they would like for it to be. But, we, but it's getting there. It's getting better and better. Praise the Lord. And we're working on this. And so what I'm hoping to establish, I'm just talking to you now just as your leader, just trying to show you where God's taking me and where I'm thinking and what I'm doing, okay? What we're doing. I'm a part of a team, but this is what we're talking. That the women were trying to do this, and what we've instituted now to try to do better here is the biblical womanhood class. But that's only, that's only the first 
phase of that. So the first phase after this biblical overview class is the biblical womanhood class. And so what we want to do is we want to get all the ladies in the church into this class and walk them through the scriptures because it's got to be founded on the word of God. Walk them through the scriptures to show them what a woman of God looks like, what her attributes are, what God is calling her to, how he empowers her, the roles that he's given her, the gifts that he's given her throughout the scriptures, how she is to relate to her husband, how she is to relate to her family, how she is to relate to her children how she is to go about working outside the home, if she does work outside the home, all of these things to lay out a biblical foundation of what a, what a biblical woman is. Now, that's the first step because what we want to see and what we hope to see out of that is out of that be birth and empowerment of a mature uh, group of women in the church that we already have, that we're looking to empower them, that they then would, would do Titus chapter 2, and that the older women would teach the younger women how to do uh, the work of the ministry, how to love their husbands, how to raise their children, how to work in the home, how to, how to come alongside of their husbands and to be the helpmate that God always intended them to be, that the husband could do what God intended him to do. Because I believe this, and I kind of ran with this thing just for a second, I'm about done, is that the husband cannot do completely what the husband should do without the wife coming alongside. Why do I say that? Because half a thing can't do a whole thing, and Jesus Christ said that the two shall become one flesh. So if you've got half the flesh trying and the other half won't come along, it's kind of hard to do the whole thing, right? So we need biblical men and we need biblical women. And in so much as we have that, we will get biblical children. You see, children shouldn't lead themselves. They're stupid. They shouldn't lead themselves because they don't have any experience. They shouldn't lead themselves because they make terrible decisions. They shouldn't lead themselves because they're not leaders. Nowhere in God's Word does it call the children to lead the family. Nowhere in God's Word does it even say that children should make all these decisions. As a matter of fact, that the parents would make all of these decisions. They would teach them, train them, lead them in the way that they should go. And finally, when that child was mature enough and old enough and wise enough and had imparted enough wisdom and had enough training, then that they would go out only because they became one of these. Huh? <laughs> At least I didn't write chitlins. <laughs> Children's. <laughs> we in Landrum is I. <laughs> so you see what I'm saying? Okay, you see like a kind of a, this is kind of a baseline format of, of how we're trying to attack. Okay, so, but now all I've spoken of here is training in the church, really. And in the home, I've not talked about going out. This is what we need to be doing here. <laughs> and if you're not doing this here, and if you won't help, let us help you to do it, I don't know how you're ever going to get out. You won't. You won't. And so some of, there's, there's different kinds of people in here. Some of you, some of you just need to be born again because you don't have the Spirit dwelling in you. You don't even care about this stuff. But there's another group of you who profess to be Christians, and you want to do the right thing, but you've never really committed. And I would say, you know, you really need to examine yourself whether or not you be in the faith. And some of you have come along, and you, you feel the conviction of God, but you just won't answer it. You won't do anything about it. And there's all types of things that you could do to be conformed to the image of the Son, but you just won't answer it, and you need to answer the call. And, and there's some of you, though, that you're doing all of these things. The, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You're convicted. You want to go out, and you even try to go out, and some of you do a good job, and, and that's great. But you could do more if the leadership of the church would do what God's called them to do. 
do and empower you and send you, send you, send you. That's what Jesus did. He sent people, right? And so that's what we're talking about this morning. So now, let me show you some ways in which when we get this training down that we can hit our community. I want to show you this because I, the Lord put it together in my mind this weekend. I thought, wow. So here's all the ways that God has set us in a position to overwhelm this community with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, this, and, they, and then we could stop the weeping in our community because there's weeping. I, I really even question, I talked to my wife whether I should stop the live feed because this is so good that if the enemy got a hold of this or put the right person watching this right here, that they would pitch a fit and it might come against us. But let me show you. Let's start from the bottom and go up. Let's go up here. These are just our local places. Opiural. Do you know that Opiural <clears throat> has the vast majority of teachers are Christian? The vast majority of teachers are Christian. So it's about as Christian as you can get of a school that's a public school, okay? But it's still a public school. But Opiural has all of our children, except some of you homeschool. Praise God. I understand. But Opiural has a lot of our children. But we know that the curriculum that Opiural gets isn't, you know, it's not the best. Uh, but, you know, they're just kind of teaching ABCs, science. Sometimes the science is questionable. We cannot, I'm serious, we cannot trust O.P. Earl to teach our children what needs to be taught. That's what we're called to do. Now, they can help teach them the basics. Praise God. That's good. That's good. They do a great job. I love O.P. Earl. I really do. I love Opiro. But we need to set a foundation up under them that when questionable teaching comes in, they can answer the teacher. I've seen it done. But I want you, I want you to see this. Opiro, the principal there, the teachers there, they have sought us out. They, this public school has sought us out through different ways that they can get men of the community into the church, that they can get women of the community into the church, men and women of God who trust Christ and are founded in Christ into the schools. Did I say church? Into the schools so that we can bring God into the schools. And we're sitting on our hands. We have the Good News Club. This meets... On Wednesdays, right after school, I asked for volunteers last week. Praise God. I needed eight. I got eight. I should have got 25. You say, you're being too hard on them, Pastor. I just told you that O.P. Earl, a public school, a state-funded public school, called me, talked to me, and asked me if I would bring God to the school. If I could ask my people if they would come and tell the story of Jesus Christ in the school. I asked. I got eight. Out of 300. Does that make sense? I'm just telling you the facts. We got eight people here. Praise God. Praise God for those eight. Another way. Watchdogs. I'm just going to put WD. Now, I hadn't really got this one out there to you yet. Some of you were there. But if you were there at Watch Dogs, you heard. Yeah, can you turn that off for a second? Tell me when it's off. Wave your hand or something. Just pause it. Maybe you can pause it. Good? Okay. 
You heard, I don't want to get nobody in trouble. Is there, is there any people that work for Satan in here? Did you raise your hand? No, I was kidding. <coughs> I want to say, I want to turn it off because I don't, want, I don't want this to get, I don't want this to get anybody in trouble. But if you were there, he said it publicly in this public meeting, so I'll say it. I watched and heard with my own ears the principal of Opero School, a public school, rebuke the men in the audience because they were not leading their families and teaching them about God and taking them to church. There were some of you in that meeting, and you saw that, and you saw that they put up a website, and they said, <clears throat> if they made, the, the, the ladies in the church said, I mean in the school, the ladies in the school said, we know, this is in a feminist culture, mind you, they said, we know that when a man walks into the classroom, that the children behave better. We know when a man stands in the hallways the children walk better. We know that we need men here. And I think there are three male teachers there. I could be wrong. I think there are three. Principal Murray, Roach, and the other guy that uh, is out, out front all the time. But anyway, I know there's not more than three or four. And there's a bunch of teachers there. He is asked, and that was his. That's what he said. He rebuked the men there. But he asked me to speak a little bit, and, and I spoke a little bit on a couple of slides that they have where he said 35 to 75% of the children in our community are fatherless. That means no father. And I would venture to say, talk to, my men, talk to the men up at the men's retreat on this, I would venture to say, now this is me, this is speculation, that 80 to 95% are spiritually fatherless. That means they've got a father in the home, but he don't know Jesus. He might say that he knows Jesus, but he doesn't pour Jesus into him. A spiritual father fathers them in spiritual ways. So this number is astounding, but this is just speculation from me. It could be different. could be higher. could be lower. This is the statistic that he asked me to speak on. Now, I shared with some of you another statistic that is shown by study after study after study after study is that if children come to the Lord, there's a 7% chance that the rest of the family will. And that's an all-out, dedicated, persistent, diligent faith. If the wife comes to, to a diligent faith, it goes up to 23%. If the man of the house comes to a, a diligent, consistent faith in Jesus Christ where he truly loves Jesus, 93% rate that the family will come. Men of God, we need you to step up. The women need you to step up because the women are fighting. If I see anybody fighting, it's the women fighting. When I asked for volunteers, Good News Club, I had eight. Every one of them was a lady. Every single one of them. Maybe the men worked during the day. I understand that. But you can't tell me out of all of you men in here that I couldn't have one that's not working. You can turn the live stream back on. And I know I keep hitting on this, but I told you that we can take God into the public school. I got eight ladies who are willing to go. Praise God for you eight ladies. 
I just don't get it, though. I'm right there. I'm rebuking myself, too. Don't worry about it. My toes are sore. Watchdogs. Some of you are in there. I'm not going to rebuke you on this one because a lot of you didn't know, but you need to come up to me after this service. You need to ask me, what's that watchdog thing? I'm down. You know what they ask you to do? One weekday a year. One weekday a year. How many men did we have at the men's retreat, Mark? 51 men. If those 51 men did, one, did two weekdays a year, that'd be 102 weekdays a year. That would cover almost, I don't know how many days in a school year, but I know, huh? 180. We could have a man of God at the school every school day of the year, just in our church. Just in our church. And this goes out to the community. All these things go out to the community. This, I had this because it was just dropped. And I'm, I'm not even blaming another church because those, those, that church has people in their church like I have people in my church. They, I'm sure they were asking too. This is not a well problem. This is a Christian problem. Well, a professing Christian problem. And you say, well, the churches don't do anything. The church is the people. All you're saying is you're not doing anything. Come and see me after this service. I will provide you with all the information that you need to know. How many days did you say, baby? 180. So what would that be? If we had 60 men, say three days, that would be every day. I know, there's 100, I know there's 60 men in here. And you can't tell me you can't spare three days out of a year. I bet we'd make this number today. This is just up here. And, and this, doesn't, this doesn't count Little League sports. You see, uh, I'm like one of those guys that the secularists and the atheists, they call a brainwasher. They're like, you brainwashing your kids. Dang right I am. <laughs> I want it clean. Sanctified in the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to wash the heck out of that brain. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? I don't get that. Y'all clap because I said I'm going to wash the heck out of the brain. <laughs> With the blood of the Lamb, right? So, Little League sports, you know, I love sports, and I'm competitive, and sometimes I act goofy, you know, because I'm screaming and running around. If, if one of my tailbacks breaks out to going down the line, I'm running beside him. Go! You know? And I'm, I'm sure, like, everybody's like, he's just weird. But you know what? If you are intentional and tact, tactful, you can use every aspect of your life to spread the gospel. You can use every aspect of your life. And, and those who love Jesus... And no, I don't want to say that because it doesn't mean you don't love Jesus. You might, not, you might just not be aware. Those who, are, those who are in tune with Christ, let's say that, are like John. They weep because the people don't know and they might not be able to hear the gospel. And so they start thinking about ways that the scroll can be unlocked or that the gospel can be proclaimed, that eyes can be opened, right? Eyes can be opened. And I'll show you that next week because that... That actually is found in Isaiah chapter uh, 29 because he says, be looking for the one that opens the ears of the deaf and the eyes of the blind, which, which John said, are you the one 
that we should be looking for? And Jesus said to his disciples, he said, you go back and you tell John, there's one who opens the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. Jesus, right? Jesus. And so we need to take every opportunity. I know it's getting late, but i got to show you this. we got to take every opportunity to slide that gospel in there. Slide that gospel in here. I asked uh, Brother Keith, I said, because Keith is a, a police officer, or was a police officer, now he's a judge, and, and he, he, he works in the community a lot. He sees a lot of these cases, and, and, and pray for Brother Keith. He's got to deal with all this mess. But I asked him, I said, I know where a drug dealer lives. I do. Me, personally, right now. I ain't been there in a while, but I know where he lives. But shame on me, I ain't been there in a while. He was selling me something, I need to go give him something. If you think I'm lying, I'm dying, because I told you right now, I asked my men, I sent out a text about two weeks ago, I said, I'm working on a plan, we're going to infiltrate the drug houses. Did I not, men? Amen. Hey, and if you got, if you got the guts to come with me, Come on, we're going to take the gospel to the drug house. We're going to find a way in. I know, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at a bunch of y'all. Y'all, y'all know where more drug houses are than I do. Because it's been a while for me. Some of y'all just fresh out of the, fresh, <laughs> fresh out of the marketplace, you feel me? <laughs> you know? Hey, we're seeing transformation. We're going to use it. So, so <laughs> the thing, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. So, we need to take, now that's a tactic, that's a tactic, that's a tactic. That is a, that is a way that we can, that we can infiltrate the darkness. Like, you know, Donnie, I know Donnie won't mind me sharing. Well, Donnie's, he, he's had his struggles with drugs and he's been an addict. He shared his testimony several times. Well, when, and this is a leadership aspect for me. And some of you are leaders and you just do it on a lower level or on a different level. I'm telling you right now. But God sends me a Donnie. And Donnie's like on fire for Jesus. Oh, that's Jesus, Jesus, you know. And I'm and I'm like, all right, God, what am I supposed to do with this crazy guy? And, and God's like, He knows where a bunch of drug houses are. So, what does that mean? Go there. Oh, <laughs> when Donnie knocks on the door, they're thinking he, they he's fresh. They still think he's there to buy, right? <laughs> and I'm look, look, look. So. Look, so I'm serious. So Donnie's knocking on the door, but I'm over here like this with my Bible. <laughs> you feel me? Put your hands up. Worship Jesus. Hey, we're going to infiltrate, man. We got to figure this thing out. There you go. Prison ministry, right? We know one that can probably get us in a different way than he used to. Right? Huh? <laughs> Oh, man, we got to infiltrate. You see, you see, we got to be tactful. I'm telling you, man, God's called y'all to be warriors. He's called you to wage war, just not like the world wages war. Our, our weapons are spiritual in nature. They have eternal impact, right? So this is just OPRO in a couple of ways here. Uh, let, me, let me erase this. I know it's getting late, but just hang on for a second. Let me show you that it's not just there. That the middle school... I don't even know all the ways. I'll tell you who's really good at this, and they pour themselves into it, Hambone Camp and Deb. They've been, they've been being used like this for years alone. Shame on me. Shame on me, not just shame on y'all. No, it's there. See? 
I get in a hurry. Leave me alone. The middle school, so they do the uh, good um, release time, release time, and different people can be involved in that in several different ways. They need fundraising. Uh, they need fill-ins from time to time. They need drivers from time to time. I guarantee you, you could take snacks to them. You could pour into these kids and help Dev and Hambone and the rest of those guys over there at the release time board help them do that. Uh, release time, I'm not sure how many people were involved in that. I guarantee you, you could get involved in that way. I'll... They're meeting tomorrow at Grambling Brothers Real Estate. I'm not going to write all that up there. They're meeting tomorrow. If you want to get involved in that, let us know. Four o'clock, four o'clock, the meeting tomorrow. See, that's awesome. That's a means by which we can get in. The middle school, you say, well, they're not offering anything. They're not calling us in. Let me tell you something. Did you know that the middle school, Crystal knows about this, that the middle school, there was a question about some of the stuff that they were teaching. I want to show you how God works right here now. There was a middle school about, there was a question about something that one of the teachers at the middle school was teaching. Okay? It had to do with, with uh, Muslim religion and, and Christianity, and it had to do with um, whether or not we worship the same God, so on and so forth. You know that I, I reached out to the principal at the middle school, and instead of getting you know, backlash, or instead of, you know what he did? It's the public school. This man called me to his office, and he asked me, he said, Brandon, he said, he said I, I'm a I'm a Christian, but I'm not, you know, sure what to, he said, he said, what do you mean? What's the problem with what was being said here? You know what I did? I explained to him the doctrine of the Trinity and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what he did? He said, thank you so much. Now that I know, I can go and talk to the teacher and let her know that that can't happen again. I was surprised on that one. I was like, okay. <laughs> Only to get a call from somebody, I think the highest up, in the district office that called me on the phone. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> called me on the phone and said, Brennan, thank you. He said, thank you for caring enough to, to go out and, and do the confrontation and pour into my principle so that we could get this straight because you know we want to teach it right. They're asking us to come in. They're asking us to come in. They're asking us to bring God into the schools. They're listening to us. How long do you think that's going to last? How long do you think that's going to last? And I'll tell you this, I, and, and listen, once I've said all this, once all this has fell out of my mouth, y'all are just as, as responsible as I am. Because when this time passes and they start coming to our houses to try to take our Bibles and take our children, then, then God, will, God will absolutely hold us accountable for what we did not do with the doors that he opened. You don't think so? Just look at Adam who was given the word of God and commissioned to watch over his wife with the word of God, and he didn't do it. When God came back to the Adam, back to the garden, he did not look for Eve, who was the one that had sinned and led him into sin. What did he say? When he came back, he said, Adam, where are you at, boy? He wasn't looking for Eve. Release time. 
uh, different ways that the schools are asking us to come in. You can be a part of different, uh, uh, the PTAs here. You can be a part of the different athletic clubs here. You could take and, and just pray with the teams here. The coaches there, they love for people to do devos. They just don't know who would do it. They don't know who's out there. And some people already do it. That's, that's great. Praise the Lord. There's all kind of different ways to get involved here. I don't know as many here, but I want to I show you one more. I know there's ways here. We can find ways. LHS. Here's our 500-plus students that probably don't know the Lord, or if they do, they're ashamed of him. I sent out, we have FCA. I sent out uh, a link to several of you men. If you want it and I didn't send it to you, come and talk to me. FCA are looking for people to come into the schools and preach the gospel to the children 7 o'clock on Friday mornings. Are you willing to get up that early? That's, that's up to you. FCA, they're asking men of God to come who love Jesus to share the gospel with the students who come to FCA. Okay? So here's one way that we can get in right here. You know another way? You might not even know this, but did you know that the principal at Landrum High School has, has said and asked that any man, any person, it can be women too, it's not just men, any person that wants to come and just love on the kids, share with the kids, sit with the kids, get to know the kids, that you can go into the front office and you can get a pass to just go in at lunchtime and just hang out with them? Did you know that? Yeah. You can go in as long as they know who you are and they, can, and, they can, and they know you're not a danger. There may be some background checks that go on, but you can go in, you can get a pass, and you can just go in and mingle with the students. Care about them. Care about them. And you can be an impact. Uh, you can be an impact on these guys right here. Sports. You can help with these teams. You can, you can take them pizza sometimes. You can take them some drinks. One time we did a ministry with the church where we got a bunch of pizzas together and we got some, some bags and, and we went up and we just loved on. We said, in Jesus' name, here, take this. They loved it. Man, football players can eat some pizza and they loved them little bags, right? It's just the way you can do it. It's just the way you can do it. Uh, we can, you can go into sports events and you can cheer them on. You can get to know the kids. One way that you can do not just LHS, but uh, all the schools is through your kids. You know, I told you I use every means that I, that I can possibly think of, right? Not always to the best. I fail too. Don't give me it. But, but I'm trying. What I'll do is I'll use my kids. I'll use my kids. So uh, my, my, now, some of you don't have kids in public schools because you're worried of what those kids will do to your kids. And I get that. I get that. But I just, maybe I'm just convicted differently because I'm trying to infiltrate that school with my kid. Right? So, the, so kids are, are described as an arrow in the quiver of, of a soldier. And so I'm trying to fire my arrows in there. But I've got to be careful because I've got to be continually training my kids. Continually train them. Continually train them. All right, son, what is it? What is it? How do you know this verse? How, you know, what do you say when somebody says this? Do you know? You know, I've got to be training him because he's, he's, over, he's outnumbered, right? He's outnumbered. I will say praise God for Dan Duncan uh, and, and Amber because apparently they poured into Fallon. And a couple of years ago, I had a teacher come to me and say, uh, uh, Miss Pori, I want to I I commend you. I want to I say that I was so proud. I said, what's going on? She said, I have never seen a student pull out their Bible and, and read their Bible during free time reading in the class. I said, praise God, praise God. But she said, but she said this year I've seen two. 
She said, your son? I said, praise God. I said, who was the other one? Fallon Duncan. I said, praise God. Praise God. You see, when you, ch- and, I, and I'm, hey, homeschooling is phenomenal too. It's just not what I'm called to right now. And I see those guys, that, hey, that's phenomenal. It's a great community. I praise the Lord for that. I really do. My call is just a little different. But if, you, if your child is in public school too, if you're training them up and I'm training mine up and we can even help them to be united, you see how we can infiltrate the schools with our children? We've got to be using every means necessary in order to take back the world from the enemy. We have got to be training them up and sending them out. We've got to be using every means that we can to go out into the school and change everything. Now, the last thing I want to say, can I get all the men from the retreat to come up here, please? And we'll end with this. And if you wasn't at the retreat... But you would have liked to have been, you just couldn't make it. You come up here too. If you're a man of God, come on up here with us. If you're a man of God, you just come on up here with us. Just spread out, find, find somewhere to get. should be there somewhere. Hey, hey. I'm telling you, guys. Ladies, I'm telling you. Guys, I'm telling you. If we would pay attention and not be hard-hearted. See, we spend so much time trying to stop sinning that we ain't got time to help other people to be cleansed of their sin. It's time for us to rise up. It's time for us to be the the men that that God has called us to be. Put aside your selfishness, put aside the sin that so easily entangles, and press on and run the race of God with endurance, looking to Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith. We've got to set aside our own selfishness and our own sinfulness. We've got to get over that. Jesus Christ has set us free from that. He's delivered us from that. And now we've got to look to, to the progression forward. Now we've got to look to the mission at hand. And I've laid out several different fronts on which we can attack. I really have. And there's lots more. Every man up here and every woman out there is called by God to proclaim the gospel. And you know ways that I don't know. And you know ways that I don't know. But I'm telling you, as your leader, as one of your leaders, I'm commissioning you to come. If you don't know, if you know how and you're getting involved and you're doing all that you can do, praise God. But if you're only not involved because you say, I don't know how to get involved. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. Then all you got to do is come to me. 
just come to me. Come up to me. Come up to Mark. Come up to Dustin, Hambone, Robert. Come up to some of these guys up here. Come up to some of these guys and say, look, how can I get involved? Where's Manny? Come here. Okay, now look, I, told, I, I gave you the statistic, okay? I gave you the, the statistic that, that 35 to 75% of the children in our community, this isn't my statistic, this is up here, this is Principal Murray's, 35 to 75% of the, the, the children in our community are fatherless. Manny's fatherless. He's not just spiritually fatherless, he's fatherless. And, and, and Manny really reminds me of me. I had a dad. But, you know, he had his things going on, and, hey, that's the past. But nobody ever showed me how to be a man. Nobody ever showed me how to be a man. And so I didn't know how to be a man. So guess what? I wasn't a man. And then Hambone came along in my life, and he used every means that he could, his daughter, to get to me. And, you know, Hambone was, was rebelling against that for a long time accepting me and pouring into me. But it wasn't until God changed his heart and said, Hambone, don't you realize I'm doing something here? I've drawn this, this rat in with the cheese, and I want you to show him the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? And you know it wasn't, I think he said two months something like that. It wasn't no time when they changed the way that they were praying. And, and they said, God, obviously, this woman, this, this girl's in love with this boy, and she ain't going to leave him. So I pray, God, that you would transform him. And God transformed me through this spiritual father who used him to transform me and bring the gospel into my life. And I'm not a perfect man, but God's using me now. You see how that works? Men, he's got things for you that you could not possibly imagine. But not just for you, but for the people that he would put up under your care. And the things that you do now in the present will echo through the chambers of history and eternity. This boy right here, he was feeling the call of God on his life this week. And the Lord spoke to me saying, see the, the theme, men, men at the retreat, tell me, was the theme not the same all the way throughout? You want to see this community radically transformed? It'll come in one word. Love. Lived out in one way. The gospel. Displayed and carried out by one God-man, Jesus. Now, you want to change the world? Starts with him. We said, we got, those kids told me, and I asked Manny. I said, how many Christians at Landrum High School? He said, none. And I asked Manny this, too. I know it's getting late. I don't really care. <laughs> I asked Manny, I said, I said, Manny, how long would it take for the whole student body to know if you met a smoking hot girl, <laughs> fell in love with her, and started dating her? I said, how long, how long would it take for, that, for them to know? What did you say? Day. One day. Two days, maybe. Oh, two seconds. Yeah, especially with Twitter and Facebook and everything else. My point is this. You say, well, that's, that's, that's got to be wrong. There can't be that many kids. I'm just saying, if it takes one day for, some, for the whole student body to know, or two seconds for the whole student body to know that you've fallen in love with a girl, then why in the world do they not know that you're in love with the King of kings and the Lord of lords? 
If they do love him and nobody knows it, we still got a problem. And so I asked Manny, I said, have you ever had a dad in your life? Have you ever had a father in your life that showed you how to be a man? Have you ever seen anybody be a man? Manny said, no, I hadn't. Ain't nobody ever took time to show this boy how to be a man. There ain't nobody ever loved on him like that in that way. You know, this, this guy right here, and I hope your mom don't get upset with me, but this guy right here lives in, lives in a, a rough situation. He's, got, he's surrounded by maybe not in his, I don't know exactly his personal life, and I, I ain't heard his testimony through and through, but I imagine he's got people around him that they are of the world. You know, they, they, they're doing things that God has displeased in. And I know, see, I know Manny's future. I already know it. I already know it. I knew, I, well, I know what it was. You see, Manny was destined almost certainly to be on drugs, to be a drunk, to be unsuccessful in life as far as holding down a job and being somebody. He doesn't see that. I don't know if he see it or not, but I don't think he'd see that. I never saw it. But you see, we took the time and wrote on that board. I think we had probably, what, 25 names on that board? We had 25, 30 names on that board, whatever it was. And I just asked these guys. I said, guys, I said, can you give me a name of a child or, or, a, or a person that does not have a man of God in their life? Can you give me a name? And they started naming out names. And just, they went up. And at the top of that board, we wrote Manny. Manny's got no man of God in his life. Well, here was the revelation from that. We wrote 30 names down on that board of children that didn't have a man of God in their life. But it was the men of God who were calling out the names on the board. So these men got hit square in the face. They do have a man of God in their life. That man of God is just not stepping up. Unless you're not a man of God. And that might be. And then we went around. We had a couple of other kids there. Dan Duncan's son, Keegan, was there. And Alex was there. And Ethan was there. And, and uh, we gathered their dads around them. And, and there Manny is. His dad's not there. And Mike Byers said, some of y'all may not know these guys. This is Ethan Byers, my son. And that's Alex Bennett. That's Dwight's son. And, and, and there's Keegan. And that's Dan. That's his dad. And... And he was about to say it. I didn't know it, but I was about to say it. And I said, and there's Manny. And we're his dad. <laughs> I love you, brother. Hey. And I can guarantee you right now, this boy has a bunch of dads now. And if he falls, then it will be on us. It will be on us. We ain't going to let you fall, brother. I promise you. Buddy, you ain't, hey, you ain't going to fall. We're going to hold you up. He ain't no way he can fail. Hey. <laughs> and there might not have been a Christian presence in Landrum High School, but there is now. There is now. I don't care if I got to have posters made. Manny's a Christian. Ask him about it. <laughs> I love you, boy. And listen, I want to I want to end this thing with this right here. I got to hear the sound of angels. And these men sang, oh man, they sang, and the, the building shook with the glory of God. And so I want to sing a song. I don't even know which one it is. 
we're going to sing a song. And those of you who wasn't at the retreat was like, that's why I didn't sign up for this thing. <laughs> we're going to sing, and we're going to sing out for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to, after this, it's late. I know it's late. But what else we got to do today, huh? We're going to infiltrate our city. We're going to sign up to infiltrate our city. We're commissioned today by God to get into our cities, to get into our school, and transform it. You are the transformation. You are the one that carries the Spirit of God. You are the one that proclaims the gospel. You want to see it change? Get busy. Get busy, men of God. Are you with me? Are you with me? Let's do it. Let's sing. Dang it. Wow. We're so confused. Okay, listen, here we what, What's the song? Okay, that was a good one. Okay. With the words are on the screen, okay? Good Lord, men for you. All the women said? <laughs> Let's sing, guys.
the next step. Take the next step. Get involved. Just do it. Just do it, guys. Let's pray. Ladies, help me pray for these men. Men, let's pray together. Lord God, you are awesome. You have given us so many ways that we can infiltrate our community. You've given us so many means by which we can enter into the schools. God, I pray for this meeting that we're going to have in Spruce Pine Apartments next week, God. I pray that you would help us to infiltrate with a mighty, thunderous proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, I pray today that we would have many people sign up to help us in the training here at the church, God. We need volunteers. I pray for those, God. I pray for these men, God, that they would work in their workplaces to proclaim the gospel, that they would take every little window, God, that you have given them in order order to share the love of Christ with those around them. Empower them, motivate them, and push them to the next level. God, please, we ask it all in Christ's name. Amen. Please come, please come and sign up, sign up for ministry at the ministry fair, please.